Hello, listeners, and welcome to Roundtable 3 of the Mad Scientist Roundtable. What? Yeah, I am uh, one of your hosts, Chris Cogswell, and I am joined by... The other host, Marie Mayhew. Yeah, cool. All right, we have a very packed show today. Um, Jam-packed people. Really jam-packed, really jam-packed. So, um, first off, I just want to make some... um, I want to say thank you to everyone who's listened so far to the roundtables and to the older episodes. Um, you know, so we kind of split things up into the roundtables, which are a little bit, you know, a little bit lighter and like less heavy science-y kind of like me less, droning on about less stuff. on the thing that that knowledge right. thing. Less <laughs> right. on knowing right. things. Yeah, it's more just it's you yeah. know. Yeah, talking about stuff, you know, guessing. You doing you. You yeah. doing you just yeah. Just making shit up. There's some science. Uh, there is some science, but you know, um, small, really. yeah, yeah, smaller just, episodes, smaller episodes. We can't get in um, onto like the regular schedule or wouldn't really make like a good full series or a good full episode on their own, but little things that are interesting or listener questions and stuff like that. Um, and so uh, I'm really excited to say that we've hit 10,000 downloads. We're actually at 10,063 now. <sighs> Holy shit. Yeah. 10,063? Yeah. Damn, Man. People? It's badass. That's, that is, ba- I'll tell you what, that's badass, sir. Yeah. That's a great. whole lot of badass. It's pretty great. And we're kind of, we're kind of like, I don't want to say blowing up on Twitter because we have like 200 we followers or something. Trending. <laughs> trending. But yeah, we're like, we're trending in a very small, trending. you know, the paranormal with scientific tinges enthusiast on Twitter. <laughs> platform. Yes. Heavy niche category. Yeah, very, very. We're, we're, we're huge with the niche. You know what? We're, listen, we found we we got stuck on our deserted island. We evolved to fit that niche, and now we're we just thriving. Pe- we know our people. And as soon as too many humans show up, we will invariably mm. be decimated, mm. <laughs> like, like every other, like every other species that manages to fit a niche. Like every um, other dodo will just be like, seriously. "Hi." Seriously. What's that sharp thing in your hand? Seriously. Do you have food? We're, we're, we're going the way of the dodo. Um, so this episode, so, I, so I'm sure listeners have figured out that a regular schedule is really hard to stick to. Um, so this last week, I actually um, had a surprise book chapter thrown at me. <laughs> so, I, so I spent the week, like I spent like the last two weeks fervently writing and editing and, and whatever. Um so I wasn't able to put out a full episode, but that full episode is coming um, and it's coming quite soon. Marie has done some amazing research on Morgellons disease um, that were and I caught up on. I caught up on um, on Riverdale on C on uh, CW. Just in case anybody's curious, Netflix got some good stuff. Does it? Okay. That's good. I, haven't, I haven't been writing or reading or I don't have any books, <laughs> I'm not writing any books. In fact, I'm de-evolving. Nice. Oh, good. Devo is a great yeah. band, so maybe we can join. That'll Excellent. be good. Yo, Devo, if you're listening, hit me up. Um, yes. All right. Out there. So, <laughs> so we have five big topics this episode. We got Pringles, which was a question from a listener. We got um, a really cool story that Marie had. We got um, the flat earth. Let's not oversell it. But yeah. oversell it. The flat earth theory. Which um, also was a questioner, uh, a listener question, a questioner listen. That's what I was about to say. Solid. Excellent. A listener question. And then we also have clean coal. Uh, something I keep promising we're going to do and we keep not doing it. And we're going to do it today. Um, this episode is going to be probably a little bit longer because of all those topics. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to get right into it. So uh, let's <gasps> let's do this episode. Welcome to the Mad Scientist Roundtable. Clean call. <laughs> Finally, because we have it solved. Yeah. Here's oh, what. We got here's it so what. Solved. Here's what the. Uh, here's what the. Uh, the current administration doesn't know. Chris has solved it. He has clean coal. I have clean coal. He's, right now, you guys can't see him, but he's sitting on a pile of what looks like ice cubes. It's not. It's clean coal. <laughs> so, oh, man. All right. All right. I actually, you know what? Let's let's do clean coal. We're just going to go right into it. Oh, we just jinxed it. We're just okay. getting into it. I know. We had this, oh, like, right. we had this you nice, we had this now. nice plan Buckle in, down. but then it just got, you know, we, we, we're, we've gone at it. We've gone off the rails already. We're whatever five minutes in um all right so clean coal so so like you said uh marie the idea of clean coal is often pushed out there by um by republicans in recent years and at on the face of it so it's interesting right so okay so clean coal um this section is going to be a lot of personal knowledge i guess you'd say like not personal knowledge like it's knowledge i've gotten from other people obviously you don't just like a priori come up with knowledge on something like clean coal. I didn't invent clean coal. Um, but so the, but it's, it's from my job basically, right? So my research, um, my research interests are in petrochemical, uh, cleanup. So like, you know, you burn a fuel or you're making a green, um, you know, petrochemicals come up with a huge amount of chemicals that we don't even think of. Right. So without, burning of oil and refine not burning of oil but without refining oil we wouldn't have plastic we wouldn't have um a lot of a lot of fibers and stuff like polymers right so pretty much all of polymerization wouldn't be possible without petrochemicals it just would like we would not have polymer science without it right and so there's a lot of research going on to find like natural sources of polymer material right so and the reason why this why it's so useful starch well, so the reason it's so useful is um, the reason that it's so important, I guess, or the reason that petrochemicals are so useful in that field. And they're also used to make all kinds of other uh, chemicals as well, like solvents and whatever, is that petrochemicals are made up of a really long chain of what's known as hydrocarbons. Right. So it's just carbon, carbon, carbon is like a backbone and then hydrogen off of it. And all of that carbon it's hard to start with bare carbon and get to something else. So like if you start with a carbon atom, it, well, mm, this is actually not, no, that's totally not true. Carbon loves to bond with other stuff. Actually, that's that's my job. It's like the first thing you'll learn of in organic chemistry is that carbon loves to bond with stuff. But I guess what I'm saying is that the upgrading of carbon into useful chemicals can be quite difficult. So like, um, a big, a big carbon source that we want to use is CO2. Right. We'd love to capture CO2 and then use it to make something else. That is not really viable at this point because we like the, the barrier, the energy barrier to actually do that is huge. So like you need to input way more CO2 from burning of fuel to make the energy needed to convert CO2 to make it useful. It's like. I mean, I, there's nothing in there's nothing really that explains it. It's almost like um, it's almost like a like a pyramid scheme. You put in money to try to get money out, but the money you put in is too much. 
Right. So, so, you know, I, I spent $500 on these magical berries and I sold $300 worth. I made $300. Well, no, you spent $200, right? It's the same. It's like the same idea with, with CO2. So you're saying clean coal is a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> no. So, 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 okay. So let me, Which, so that's the difference, I'm not, right? I'm not disagreeing. With not disagreeing. Uh, now, what no. clean coal is, clean coal is the attempt to continue burning coal as a fuel source in a way that doesn't create lots of pollution. The problem with that is that clean coal on its baseline, like the, the type of clean coal that's being talked about on like TV and whatever is coal that is clean of sulfur and nitrogen compounds. So you remember a couple, like I'd say, probably when I was a kid. So like 1990s, whatever um, acid rain was a big thing. Oh, Everyone was terrified of acid rain and it has caused damage to like historical architecture and whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I remember there was a Simpsons episode where Homer goes outside. It's acid raining and there's a squirrel like on fire in his backyard <laughs> and he goes out and he's like, acid rain. And he's like, you know, smacking on his head. Um, Acid rain is caused by sulfur in, in fuel. So sulfur in fuel becomes socks, S-O-X, um, which is sulfur oxide. So like SO2, SO3, SO4. And then these get taken up into the clouds. And mm-hmm. what does sulfur become in the clouds? It becomes sulfuric acid. And then it rains sulfuric acid. <laughs> We've... And- yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to make another Simpsons reference, but you know what? Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Right. Oh. So it's like, so like that's a huge problem, but it's one that we've dealt oh. with really, really quite well. Um, we found really effective ways to capture sulfur um, and nitrogen, another compound that makes nitrogen makes like particulate matter and, and NOx. So it's like the counterpart to SOx. Um, we found really good ways to, to capture that from fuel when we burn it. Right. Yeah. The pr- and not so be, that um, is so that is to be cl- dismissive. But now, like, you know, acid rain almost seems quaint. Like, yeah. that seems like a nice problem. to well, have. So that's so that's the funny thing. Right. In some ways, when like, acid you can define it, know what it is. And hey, how about some global warming? So. So here's the funny thing. Right. When acid rain was a problem, when it was like a really debated political problem, lawmakers and scientists kind of got together and were like, well, we can solve this. And the oil companies got involved in like coal companies and whatever. And we developed the technology and we took care of it. Right. The problem. So that's so clean coal is a thing in the sense that we don't have sulfur and nitrogen compounds coming out of like exhaust ports anymore. Burning squirrels in our backyard. Yeah. No, so thank like, God. So it is. So listen, like not to take away from clean coal, it is a big deal that we were able to do that. The problem is that when people today think of what a pollutant is, they think of CO2. They think of greenhouse gases. But when you burn any fossil fuel, you release CO2. It is necessary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. like it has to happen. There's no, you know, the, that is the chemical reaction that is burning. That is what we want to make the energy is the conversion of long chain carbons into CO2 and water. Right? So clean coal on its output like on the base of it can never, if we're burning coal, we're producing CO2. We have to be mm. the question though 
is can we have technologies where we either capture that CO2, which is kind of the work that I do, or can we recycle it? So in other words, can we, like we were talking at the beginning, use CO2 as a source for carbon to make things like polymers and other chemicals and whatever? Which we need. Right, which we need, and which is the kind of research that the EPA was funding until Donald Trump was like, clean coal. Until, until about 24 hours ago, and then yeah. fuck that. Yeah, so like. You know why military? We need yeah. some military. Oh, yeah, that's, that's always Sorry. fun. So that's, the inter- so that's the interesting thing, right? And, and that's, kind of, that's kind of a funny thing, though, too, right? Like, the military, like, the military and, like, military budgeting and stuff does. It, like, like, so this is the thing, right? It does make a buttload of good. Like if we were developing the military in the way of like military technology or whatever, I'd kind of be into it. Like not in the sense of like we're developing the new bomb or something. No, but the the next wave of what military is going to be. Yeah, which like that's always is much more technology. Yeah, it's like you know, much more. Yeah. Stuxnet cyber attack. Right. So there's so there's actually a really, really interesting. Um, there's actually a really interesting lab at Northeastern um, that and I, I've seen them at a couple of other universities as well, um, where their project is to detect explosives in um, like in various like solid media. So it's like basically the idea is if someone like, you know, uh, puts an IUD underground or something. Or even if they have it like on their person right now, the only way to tell that that might be there is to do like an invasive, an invasive pat down or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Or that scanner thing at the airport. Or they have dogs or dogs, right? Sniffer dogs or whatever. Which is amazing. So Mm -hmm. the idea is, can we use um, like imaging? So can we like, Mm -hmm. if we send a, uh, same like like the like that stuff they always use on those shows on the History Channel where they do like uh, ground penetrating radar or whatever, right? It's the same oh, kind I love of that shit. That's it's the, good. It's those the are same my best shows. Of, those are my shows. It's the same kind of idea. Like, can we develop? Um, can we develop ground penetrating radar that would be specifically targeting explosives or something? And from yeah, that, none of that stuff is none of that stuff is is sound biteable. Like I can't go on to Fox yeah. and friends and tell how I'm going to dominate because I can look underground. Right. Like, no, yeah, that's, totally. And that's yeah. the thing that's fucked up. No. I yeah. Think. People want no, things sorry. like, uh, people want things like, you know, halo armor and super guns and whatever, you know, that's the kind of uh, yes. or new fighter jets and all that stuff is, Im- is important and good for technology. But at the same time, I wouldn't even be down with that. I just, am, I, I don't understand this return to like 1982 where we're 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 all of a sudden rushes a focus and we're talking about nuclear and we're talking about like our nuclear armament and how yeah. we have to be more superior and i'm like god man this is like again it just seems incredibly silly and old school dated yeah, yeah i'm just like yeah. i don't think that yeah anyways yeah we seem we seem to kind of be i mean like we're kind of the ones that always set the tone for like the way that I mean, well, that we were that one. I don't know if we will be anymore, but we were always the ones that set the tone us in Russia. Right. Um, but like historically, it's the biggest power that sets the technology, the technological precedent, like the imperatives of other yes. peoples. Right. So it's like, at the, yeah, I kind of I kind of see what you're saying, though. It's like it's almost as if we're, you know, we're uh, 
We're trying it's to convince. Aggressive. We're trying to convince everyone else that like knives are the new dangerous thing, and everyone else has guns. <laughs> right? Like we, we brought. Like, I don't need to drop a nuke. Like <laughs> I don't. Like, right. We've already like China can probably hack into you know Bank of America and yeah, have us like, all right. at, at their mercy within a matter of minutes. Right. Like, right. What? Why, why do we need There's a bomb? No why do we need a bomb? We could just delete your economy. Like who cares? We could take over your Facebook, bitches. No. And you will cry. No. And you will cry. Yeah, um, there it is. Did you see North Korea's? Um, <gasps> the, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the brother. Yeah. The brother, Kim Jong-un's brother. Yeah. Who got, oh, oh Kim snap. Kim Jong-nam. Forget about Kling Cole, man. Or we got to talk Nam. about this for a second. That was, so he was sprayed in the face by two women who thought it was a practical joke that were put up to it, hypothetically. That's what they're saying. Yeah. They thought it was water or whatever. He was dead like 20 minutes later it's so crazy so that's that's stuff a they neurotoxin used. right that's what was stuff it they it used. was like something oh it's fucked up whatever you it's haven't looked at this up. i don't have it in front of me but i am willing i'm willing to put this out there it wasn't good it wasn't water <laughs> so again like what's so you know i gotta get my i gotta get my you know my geopolitical hat on i don't know what's up with that like why kill this why kill him so what they say so first off okay the the nerve agent that they gave him was vx and it's it's so deadly that you only need two letters like shit's that's how you do it it's pretty awesome you only need (laughs) something like like a milligram to kill someone like, now, inst- like, like kill them for sure. Can we make this? Is this stuff we have in our home? <laughs> no. Oh God. No. Uh, you know, it's, it's so crazy actually. So that's actually kind of interesting. The, um, oh man. Okay. We're getting like far off topic here. We should do, we should do an episode. Listen, if people are interested, let us know if you'd like an episode on like chemical toxin. Yeah. Like sure. nerve agents and stuff and like chemical weapons. Um, it's super crazy. And like, and also the way, like there are people who end up working on chemical weapons and don't even realize it. Like there are people who like sign up for jobs at hospitals and then all of a sudden they're like, they're like, Oh In my God. Bunker somewhere. Well, like, like, um, I went to have a talk to their family. So I went, like I went to a, months. I went to a lab tour. This is actually pretty crazy. I went to a lab tour and I'm not going to say what company it was. But it's a it's a big company. And Uber. It was Uber. It wasn't. I, I, I can say it wasn't Uber. Um, and yeah. what they were making was um, what they were making was graphene. So like single layers of graphene for electrodes. Yeah. And um, or they were trying to make single layers. And one of the processes of making single layers of graphene requires a like super deadly chemical, like so deadly. Um, I'm not even certain of what I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically like. It's two letter name. It's not a, it's not a two letter name, but basically what happens is if it's released into the air, um, like, like we're talking like a couple of, a couple of hundred thousand molecules can kill you. Right. So we're talking like a real, like a pinpoint release. What happens in their lab where they're working? If there is a release of that stuff, it can measure like, you know, uh, parts per billion of it in the air. And if it's released, uh, what will happen actually is that their lab will lock itself and they will just die because they can't, they cannot have it released into the rest of the plant. 
Yeah, no, no. What, so, so was it a was it a good uh, was it a good package? I mean, did they have a cafeteria? <laughs> well, I think I don't know. I, I think they have pretty good life like, insurance. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I would hope so. I didn't ask. I, I, I didn't just ask. Wonder, like, what's what's the carrot? I mean, that's like. Well, oh, thing- and by the way, here's here's our security failsafe system. It's a foot, you know, foot thick steel deadbolt door right, that will right. deploy automatically. Um, right. We Welcome ask, to- you know, part of your new higher orientation is that you sit down with a videotape and you know say goodbye to your friends and family. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like in a in Aperture Science and Portal or something where it's like, how did how did they who who developed this? Come on, yeah. Um. Anyways, so. So that's so that's like the trick of clean coal, I guess. Let's just get back to it. That's the trick of clean coal is that um, it can kill you. It can, with it, just can it can enough. never like it can never unless it's paired with something else like carbon capture and storage or ca- carbon conversion or whatever. Clean coal, like burning coal, can never can never help global warming because <laughs> it's it produces CO two. And I can just. But My that, thought is it's probably really much more expensive than what we're that I, the sticker shock on something like that is probably enough that it would not pass any kind of Congress, any kind of bill. So that's pretty expensive. That was what that was actually the, the caveat I was just going to throw out there was even though clean coal is not the solution of the future, it is a solution for right now. Like, you know, is it cheap? It's I just it's ex- coal is extremely cheap. Coal is extremely cheap. And um, that's what Never makes mind. it such a good fuel source. Right. And so that's the thing, like mm-hmm. coal and natural gas are super cheap, which is why mm-hmm. we burn so much of them. Oil is like a whole different kind of thing. Like we don't really burn. We burn oil for energy, but it's oil is useful for all kinds of other, like I said, chemical synthesis things. But coal and like natural gas are pretty much burnable. That's what we do. Um hmm. In terms of other like practical fuel sources that we could use right now, right? Like uh, solar now has gotten much less expensive. But like you said, mm-hmm. there's a capital cost investment to solar. Yeah. Right? Everyone's got to buy solar panels to use a. Yeah. You know, everyone's yeah. house has a coal furnace, right? I actually wrote I actually wrote a paper on this in philosophy in uh, in college on. Um, so it actually took America something like two hundred. Like it took the colonists in America. We weren't America yet, but it took the colonists something like 150 to 200 years um, to actually get their shit together and start burning coal because we had so much wood and peat. No, no pizza, pizza. Um, well, like, pizza Ireland. Like a yeah, tr- yeah, we had yeah, so we had so much wood that we we still use wood stoves, right? Like some parts of America yeah. still use yeah. wood stoves. Yeah, Europe ran out of wood. In like the Middle Ages, <laughs> like right, like like wood for burning is not was not available, so they used coal. Um, and Mer- and America lagged behind that for a long ass time. You know, like certain parts obviously started using it, but like it lagged so long. On the other hand, though, the adoption of things like whale oil, um, or whatever, pretty quick in New England, not so quick in, you know. Uh, the South or the mid of the country or, you know what I mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting, actually this interplay between like, like the economics of a, of a situation, mm-hmm. the scientific facts, like the technology that does exist. Cause they kind of, they kind of go together. Like if something isn't sellable, they have to. yeah, if it's, if you can't yeah. sell it, we're not going to make it. 
right? Why no, you, and it's if it doesn't yeah. exist, you can't purchase it necessarily, See, even if there's a supply and demand for right. it. Right. So, and that's the yeah. the really interesting thing. I, I I saw. I was watching yesterday. Um, I was watching CNN because I like to get myself <laughs> angry at the panelists. Oh, I like to Fuck. yell. <laughs> like, talking heads, man. Jeffrey, like, what are you talking about, Jeffrey? Um, <laughs> um, so they had David Axelrod on there, though, and he oh, made yeah, a yeah, really yeah. interesting point where he was talking to Rick Santorum, who is human. Oh, Rick Santorum dear is God. Rick. Listen, Rick Santorum. I, I know like we're not supposed to get overtly political on the show, although we kind of oh, have with clean coal. Oh, we are. We, we just have, have. But yeah, but Rick Santorum is a bad person. Sorry, some, done. Yeah. He's just not a no. good guy. Um, and David Axelrod, I kind of love David Axelrod. David Axelrod's kind of. I like, I don't know. That's Axelrod. the thing, though. I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about David Axelrod to say. I know enough about Rick Santorum to say. Not my favorite person. Um, no, no, no. But uh, I would say David Axelrod is very smart, pretty grounded, and he's always he's got he's always got that that mustache that hasn't been in style in like years but he's gonna rock it he's rocking that wait, look axelrod wait axelrod doesn't have a mustache it. am i thinking of the wrong guy hold on david axelrod yeah no. hold on a second he had a mustache for a million years during when he was like obama's big guy leading his campaign oh yeah oh my god axelrod Rahm Emanuel, and obama power trio they were awesome I they were awesome about the stash he hasn't he had one on that stash. He was like, there was just no, there was no sense that that man had looked in a mirror in oh like my God. 22, 23 years. It was awesome. I love David him. Axelrod but he's also like, that's a grounded dude, right? That's yeah. like somebody who I feel is like he's coming from a good place. So Anyways, that's, Rick Santorum, human so that's, garbage. That's the, interesting, that's the interesting thing I thought that he brought up was he was saying to Rick Santorum, he was like, you know, my wife runs a... Uh, my wife runs a foundation for the research of a genetic disorder. And basically what he was saying to him was the basic research that has to go into developing these kind of like cures or treatments or whatever don't come from industry right away. They come from industry buying academic research results that were paid for by the government, right? Um, Clean coal technology would you know when when global warming becomes less of a political issue and we start actually implementing technologies to to fix the problem or at least mitigate it um it's going to be something like carbon capture on an adsorbent material which is the kind of work that I do i i mm-hmm. you know they're they're high a little job cheap. security little, little job security maybe but um but what's so interesting though is that while that's the case, there are, I mean, hundreds of articles published every year where it's little small advances, right? Someone decides to test, um, you know, so we have this, uh, the materials I work with are called metal organic frameworks. Okay. We have these metal organic frameworks. Well, you change one metal. So it's made up of a metal center that bridges together to make a crystal. It's kind of like connects. I like to Mm -hmm. think like connects, Mm -hmm. um, if you change the metal, it'll change how much carbon it'll capture. So someone one day decides, you know, no one's looked at, you know, whatever, I don't know, tungsten or something. Right. And they decide, well, let's try tungsten. Well, no industry isn't going to pay for that because they don't sell anything yet with it. Right. So who's paying for it? It's the EPA. It's the department of defense. It's the department of 
You know what I mean? Department of Energy. It was. It was. <laughs> Anyways, it was. all right. So that's, so that's it for clean coal. All right, Marie, let's hear this story. Oh my I'm excited. God. Well, now I'm just thinking about Kim Jong-un's poor brother and if he's planning for the funeral or like, what, is that a state event? I mean, well, what do you do, so here's right? the thing, right? So Kim Jong-un, Kim, so he's been trying to kill his brother for years, right? <sighs> I mean, wasn't that just sort of a sibling thing? I mean, he was actually trying to kill him. No, he I was trying to kill well, him I mean, because, you know. well, like, here's the thing, right? Well, his older, so his sociopathic dictator. That's yeah. kind of what you do. I mean, so it's interesting. His older brother. Uh-huh. So he, he's his older brother, right? Kim uh-huh. Young, they're half brothers. Kim uh-huh. Young Un's mother um, uh-huh. pushed out Kim Young Nam of, of secession, basically of succession rather. Uh-huh. So. There's always been talk. Kim Jong-nam is the logical follower of Kim Jong-un. Or Kim... Not so much. So, the problem, right, is that he is now in power. His older brother is out there. And if he's doing a bad job, maybe some in North Korea are saying, well, if we kill him, we can bring his brother. Right? That's the issue. That's the whole thing. Cause it's, cause it is a dictatorship, but like, you know, it's not like, um, it's not like they got Twitter. I think every, <laughs> I think every year the cult of personality lessens more and more. You know what I mean? Like we've had defections from like top leadership. He killed his, um, his, the, the uncle, um, yeah, the uncle was murdered, too. right? Because he was fomenting dissension, supposedly like yep. he's systematically killing Anyone that's in his line of succession, basically. So it's pretty, it's pretty real, pretty serious. And the fact that they have a VX, like a nerve agent like that is scary. You know, I thought that was a little, um, yeah, that was, uh, not take, that was what I took away from it too. It does it wasn't not so take much very like, much. Like, oh, it does not huh. take very much to like attack a major city or something, you know? No, and we're it not, seems relatively effective. And we're not really prepared for it either. Our oh, infrastructure geez, is crap. Oh. Like, you know, um, no, all right. No. Okay, on to something a little bit more lightning. <laughs> now um, for something completely now that different. We talked about nerve agents, and yeah. first of all, giving it up to uh, Chris Coxwell for being able to name all the youngs <laughs> in Korea <laughs> and the succession plan. I definitely got I, them wrong. Fucking man, that was good. I can say I, I saw the imposter the other night. Remember that? That was what got Sony hacked. Oh yeah, that was interesting. That's really that is again my my geopolitical hat. I think I saw a movie about it. All right. Um so what was I gonna talk? Okay, so here's one. I'm gonna put this out there. I don't have imagine this, I don't have all the answers for it, but I work I work in an office building like I'm sure many of our downloading our downloading followers do. And uh you work with a variety of different people. And so one of the, one of the people I work with, I would have to say is he ended up being my boss and my very close friend. But when I first started to get to know him, I would have to say if someone on paper wrote down every single trait or every single thing that would drive me crazy and it would absolutely make me almost violent, it was this it was in this person like he would show up he would go to the gym at okay, lunch wait. Wait, wait, wait. i was gonna say okay wait let's hmm. let's list these so that i can i can be sure oh. not to do them 
no, oh, trust me. It's like, just, you know, when you see somebody like, again, you're, you're in a social situation or you're new to work and you're introduced to somebody. And again, like, it's not always as Malcolm Gladwell has told us, it's not always your first impressions aren't always the most accurate and you have, you have confirmation bias and all this other stuff, but you get sort of a gut reaction to people. Sure. And my gut reaction to this person was, I think I want to punch him in the face as many times as I possibly can before HR intervenes, which <laughs> is not, which I've seen. Uh, You're fast. Not. You're fast. That's I a lot. That's could lightning. be like, lightning. Could um, be, I mean, he's in for a, a little bit of a punching. Uh, so, so, I mean, basically it's, he just would come in. I, it's just, you know, and again, like I'm sure people have the same reaction to me. People have the same reaction to other people. You just kind of meet your, what, what, you anticipate is going to be your, 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 almost your nemesis. And this person would show up and he would be chewing gum all the time. And he had, you know, he, he was perfectly pressed and he always looked very clean and hair was always brushed. And, you know, he would be in meetings and he would be very, uh, you know, everyone was like, Oh, let's, let's see. What does Sean have to say about this? Hey, did you wrap that neck to Sean? You know, he's got some really good ideas. And I'd be like, you know what? Fuck Sean. I don't give a fuck about Sean. What the fuck? Like, Wait. I care what some Chino ass motherfuckers talking about with my stuff. So, Sean. Yes. Okay, wait. I want to. I want to make two points. Two points quick. Yes. Number one. Yes. yes. Will this end with Sean being a ghost? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. Okay. We can make that clear no. right now. Okay. Good. All right. Yes. I was no, just. No, I was no, getting ready. Oh no no no! It, it's a good ending. It's good. No, no, this is not. This is not paranormal story. This is a good ending. Um, okay. uh, or it might be. No. Um, okay, wait, wait. It, and second, wait. And second point. Wait. Second point, yes. though. A clarification. Yes. Is Sean, Sean's your current boss? No. No, okay. he's not. He's not. Okay. Good. I was. Gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say. Are we gonna have to go back and edit this? Like, oh, we're. Oh, yeah. No, we're gonna have to. We up? should just post. Hi there. My name is Marie Mayhew, and I'm looking for work. Any of our ten thousand <laughs> downloads out there? If you've got some light admin. No. No, it's all good. Um. All right. So yeah, basically, again, he's he was he's just this very um, uh, extrovert. And it would just, and yeah. somehow I ended up in, in a, in the massive corporate shuffle, getting shuffled to work with him okay. and be a direct report of his. And one of these traits that he always had, and it's like, and he knew right away, like he had his hands full and I just had this open loathe. Imagine I couldn't, I couldn't really disguise my, my <laughs> animosity. It was kind of, um, but he would start meetings and he would, you know, and, to try and break the mood, he would always come up with some sort of verses. So he'd be like, you know, we'd be walking to one of our meetings. We'd have all our little PowerPoints. We're going in to meet with some C-level muckety muck. And he'd be like, okay, guys, how about bear versus shark? Go. And I would just, I would always look uh, at him like, you're an idiot. I'm not talking to you. Uh, you know, and, but, but he would get into it and he'd be like, okay, you guys, um, how about uh, a rhinoceros versus a hippo okay Go. and then right okay. so you, you get the point right <laughs> yeah. and you're just yeah. at a certain point you know i would just be glowering at him i mean it was just like it, would, it was like one of those daria cartoons where you could see sort of like <laughs> icicles dripping out of my ass and then one day he came up we i don't know he, he had run out of his iterations and somebody started to talk about the, a bobcat bobcat and he was like you know what he's like 
and he's chewing gum and he just got back from the gym. He's like, you know what? I could take a bobcat. Bobcat's nothing but a big house cat. How hard could that be? What? And that's actually when I snapped. That's when like, I don't know what happened, but I was like, okay, you know what? And we were right in the middle. We were getting ready to start a meeting or something. And all of a sudden, you know, you could tell like he, he was like, oh, shit, you know, the, the old grouchy chick's talking to me. What's up? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm like, first of all, I, I don't think you could because a bobcat's actually a wild animal. <laughs> don't like, you? And I'm, I, just, like, I don't, I'm just imagining you like, uh, okay, I watched The Real Housewives of New Jersey because I'm trashy. Flipped it too. Yeah, exactly. You, don't you I, talk about my bobcats? You <laughs> my yeah, my family. Okay. All right. So it's like <laughs> you it's sort of like I was like you oh, Yeah, Teresa. Yes. Shout out oh, Jersey. God. Um, but yeah, I just and so it was sort of like this this weird pivotal moment where like afterwards I was just like there's just there's just no way. And I wouldn't let it go. And I was like, I would actually, I started to engage him. And from there, he's like, what are you talking about? Of course, like I can lift, I can bench X. I'm like, he was, you know, relatively, I want to say like 5'11". He's like, well, you know, 5'11". What? It's like a house cat. It can't weigh more than like, what, 20 pounds? Bah, 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 Dude, bah, bah. They weigh like, and so adults, weigh, adults can weigh like 40 pounds. So yes. What I love is that you already know this, but like, yeah, so <laughs> What came out of this, and we are going to debate this because this is this is my line of logic. But the good thing that came out of this is that he actually, I found out through this whole thing that he actually has a really good sense of humor and is a really funny guy, and has been like a really good friend of mine now for going on six years. And like when I knew him, he was he was in his I want to say his mid thirties and just gotten married. He's now a dad. Uh, to a lovely little boy named Ty. Who oh, I like to nice. call Tiberius, which was the name I came up with. Oh, you know a, why? Badass name, right? That is right? an awesome fucking name. Tiberius. Well, that was sort of my contribution. And I was like, no, dude, Tiberius. Because again, James Tiberius Kirk, that's tough. That's a tough name. Dude, Tiberius and is so, a sick name. Tiberius. So I'd like to think that he he did name his kid Tiberius, but he's only giving me credit for this much, and they call him Ty. Um, and he's got a, a really smart, funny wife who puts up with this shit. But to this day, he still is like, no, man, I got the bobcat. I got the bobcat. And so here's here's what I am asking of you and of the listeners. I think of a bobcat, and I'm like, okay, yeah, if you get an adult bobcat, first of all, it is... 40 pounds plus, right? Second of all, it has a bite index of a hundred. So it's not like, okay. So wait, what's the, what's the bite index? It's not cougar. Uh, it's a bite. index. so it's, it measures the actual force of the bite. Okay. Right. So it's like, it's, it's, uh, I want to say like an alligator is like 2000 or something. Like it's got enough pressure that it can actually take prey under, just with the force of their bite, but Bobcat hundred, it's still, it's going to fuck you up and it's not going to let go of you anytime soon. And, and physically a Bobcat is bigger in the back. So it's got longer back legs. And it, what I'm assuming has more torque. So even if you could get your arms around it, that thing is going to be able to have more muscles and out maneuver you. So, it's, so, okay. So here's the thing. So you're, so the question then is, could a bobcat kill a human? I don't. So I wouldn't even say kill a human. 
I think Sean's premise was always because again he wrestled he wrestled in high school as oh. as he was <laughs> okay. as he liked to as right. he liked to <laughs> does he like to tell us? Um, he liked to tell us about that. Um, so he could out he could out wrestle he could pin a bobcat and I was always like no the thing's gonna fuck you up all it's got to do mm. is get just one piece of you and you are gonna scream and cry okay. and run I got it okay so here's here's the thing right. <laughs> I, I just looked this up quickly. I've wrestled a bobcat. <laughs> I have. Listen, I live in New Hampshire. Trending, trending. I, I have wrestled, wrestled bobcat. bobcats. Um, Cogs wrestled bobcat. Hashtag it. Um, so they're they're like you said, they're like they're like 40 pounds maximum. Right. So they they range from like 20 to 40 pounds. So they're like they're like, say. Mm, they're like four times five times the weight of a house cat right yeah and they're they're about that same amount of size but even like even like tigers and like Mm -hmm. pumas and stuff don't kill all that many humans in a year no so that's so so the thing is so the thing is i'm wondering and they're and they're actually there was a recent case of a guy um who got attacked by a bobcat and only escaped by he only escaped by choking it to death so like yeah so like i think if if you manage to annoy a bobcat enough that it was attacking you i think the only way you're gonna get out of that is by Mm -hmm. killing the bobcat well so here's my other argument is if you manage to annoy a bobcat you're not gonna know because that thing is as quiet as all get out well that's made to be Right, right. And that's so it's got the too. element of like, surprise. Are we talking like? Are we talking like steel cage deathmatch? Are we talking? He's he's out running, dude. This is he's the out running in Marin. This is the problem know, that always comes Starbucks up. Starbucks like, for a this chai is latte. Like, and this the is thing like just comes those, out of him. Yeah, this is like those stupid arguments that like you have in comic book stores where people are like, yeah. you know, the Hulk could beat up Green Lantern, and it's like, well, only if he didn't have his ring. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, like. Well, Okay, so not so stupid because I actually, but we're not going to because I don't. Th- I th- I think I think the Green Lantern. But okay, so <laughs> yes, I agree with you in principle. Yeah. No, Green Lantern would totally beat the crap out of the Hulk. Oh, Green, it it's would crap. not yeah, even so, a question. But it's um. not. It's not. But I think what's interesting about it is it's like my point to Sean was like, look. You're not, you're looking at it through the lens of you would be wrestling another person who has got the same, the same moral constraints, the same lens as you, the same rules and constructs. Right. Bobcat's a wild animal. It's not a house cat. And it would literally do whatever it wants to fuck you up. And all it has, like, again, like it's got teeth. All it's got to do is sink itself into one part of you. And you're going to, you are physically going to feel pain and involuntarily react. Yeah. Like, like Sean, I, Sean yeah. to this day, he could beat the Bobcat. I would so I'm, listen. I would, I would give him, I think he would probably last. And he's fit. He's a strong cat. I'll give him that yeah. a strong guy. So I think, I think he'd probably last. Maybe. What? Like, because that's the other minutes. thing. Endurance, endurance. It's like I don't know how long something think, like a bobcat yeah, can I think, go that's what I'm without too. tiring. I think, I think I think bobcats, like other cats, are made for like quick, quick jolts of quick activity, activity and then long periods of like 
napping like a lazy house cat, right? Like that's really like what they're designed for. Um, yes. Yeah, it's mine I don't and then know, it's just man. There. I don't. I don't think. Like I don't know. I mean, I See? would. See? Hidden depths to this question, and it is, there is good. It's, it's some science. Interesting. That's some good science. Did you uh, also know the bobcats have claws that actually are like cats? They retract and come out. Oh, as opposed to like, uh, yeah, that's interesting. So uh-huh. we're okay. So here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what we'll do. Uh-huh. I'm gonna put my top minds on this. I got, <laughs> I got a buddy who's actually a zoologist who will answer silly questions like this for me i'm sure i was hoping he would he would actually get a bobcat and we could just settle it honestly i would not my my friend's name is reed i think reed could probably beat up a bobcat but i also think reed could beat up like 10 adult humans at once so reed's like a terrifying (laughs) reed reed is a giant muscle of a man so what um, about the green lantern i'd give reed Uh, 10 minutes with green lantern (laughs) No, okay. that's not bad. That's not, not bad. bad. That's not, not bad. bad. All right. I'll take that. That's an interesting question. Right. We'll have to get it. We'll have to get on to this. And listen, and so, Sean, yes. if you ever do get into a fight with a bobcat, let us know. No, and don't. You you got a wife and kid, <laughs> Please man. Don't. Please don't. Yeah, Just, no. I'm kind of hoping. I'm kind of hoping that this will help. And the funny <laughs> thing is he's probably retired from this question. It's me every time. I'm like, so right. you and the bobcat still. <laughs> You still got this thing. You're like, nah, no way. Still got this thing with, and he's like, what? When did I? Tell? Yeah. What did I say about a I podcast? Know, just- Interesting. <laughs> All right. We're, yeah. So we got a question. We got an interesting question from. Oh, wait, hold on. I did. I did want to. I did want to say this. This is really funny. Um, on the straight, on the straight dope message boards. Someone made a thread called in general questions that said, has anybody ever been killed by a bobcat? And then (laughs) and then in parentheses next to it, they said not urgent. (laughs) Like he's he's like in a tree. He's he's in a tree on his phone (laughs) typing like, hey, uh, can I get like like how many people have been killed by a bobcat for real? Um things just circling under my, my god so funny so I've funny no panic panic i've got a i've got like a hershey's box. oh geez all right um like forceful not urgent dude where did i put this question like okay so this one came from andrew deaton who asked us and he's a he's an awesome listener he's been uh he's been listening to us He's been listening to the show since like the very beginning, practically. So very happy to have his support and all the awesome question. He get all the awesome questions he gives. Um, Pick up yourself, Andrew. Yeah. He asked us if he asked us if, um, if we had a potato, the size. Okay. This is a serious question. This is a serious. serious. Question. I did listen. You know I why? Did, potato. I did math with this and everything. <laughs> The question was, if we had a potato the size of the mountain known as K2. Okay, K2, potato, okay. I'm with you. Which is, uh, in case people don't know, that's also known as the Mount uh, Mount Godwin Austin or uh, Chigori. It's the second highest mountain in the world. Um, and it's not really made of potatoes. So let's no, clarify it's, that. So its isolation is uh, 8,611 meters, which is like 28,000 feet. Um, but it's prominence, which is the distance from the floor, like, you know, the, the, the surrounding ground to the top 
is 4,017 meters, right? Uh, which is like 13,000 feet. So it's pretty high. Um, it's a high elevation on its own. It's, it's pretty damn high in terms of prominence as well. So anyways, um, so the question was, if you had a potato the size of K2, how many cans of Pringles could you make? That was the question. Now, so we did, we did some research here. Um, as, Pringles. As much weed as Andrew smoked to come up with the Pringles question. <laughs> right, right. Um, the, Which is excellent, sir. <laughs> the, uh, the Pringles. So Pringles are only 40% actual potatoes. Yes. And they claim, they claim broke the heart of like a lot of listeners. Yeah. And they, I mean, and they claim that there's three to four potatoes per can, which to me seems very like those must be tiny ass potatoes. So we calculated out. So there's, uh, there's about 0.4 pounds of total like mass in a Pringles can. And that's like your standard size can, which is the, uh, the, whatever, like the 6.7 ounces can. Um, and so that accounts to about point about it accounts to a, a, of of point one six pounds of potato. That was the easy calculation. Yeah, I mean the other, the other this other calculation wasn't hard either. But the assumptions. So these are the assumptions I made. Okay, I first looked at the prominence of the mountain. So I'm only taking the mountain, like the the I'm not taking like all the ground underneath the mountain because I think that'd be stupid. I'm taking the volume of the mountain from the ground to its top point. And we are making sure that it's not made of diamond. It's not made of diamond this time. He was the one that came with the diamond question as well. Um, It's a lot of mountain questions. It is a lot. I want to talk to Andrew about him and his fascination with mountains. It's a lot of mountain questions. It's a lot of mountain questions made out of other stuff. Yeah. Andrew, are you... Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> um, okay. So, so, okay. It is. All right, keep going. It's okay. Pringles. So it's, um, so like I said, that's the prominence of it. So 4,017 meters. So that's the height. I assumed that the mountain was a cone, like a triangular cone. Cause like, you know, pretty, pretty good. Um, no one calculates the actual volume of mountains, obviously. And to calculate the volume of an irregular shape, what we would actually do is we would use what's known as Archimedes principle, um, which actually, Marie, this is kind of a sweet science experiment for uh, Julia, if you want. Um, the idea- I, Archime- I know I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, this is a sweet one. So the basic idea is Archimedes principle is um, there's like the famous story of a king who asked Archimedes if his crown was made of solid gold or not and so how archimedes figured it out was he took um the same weight in gold and he dropped it in a thing of water and looked at how much water it displaced so how high the water rose Mm -hmm. and he said well that's the volume of the gold right so if i know the weight and then i know the volume i can get the density which is weight per given volume um and that's usually in science denoted by the Greek letter Rho, which looks like a little squiggly P. Um, and so, uh, so anyways, um, it's like a P with like a cur- curly Q. Um, mm-hmm. So he then took the, the crown and he dipped it in. It, it, it was gold. And he was like, look, I've proved it. You know, it's got the same density as gold. It must be gold. Anywho, I think he proved it or maybe he didn't. And the guy that gave him the fake crown was beheaded. I don't remember that part of the story with Archimedes. Um, anyways, so for like, that's how we would do it for an irregularly shaped object. We would just do displacement. 
we can't do that with a mountain, obviously, until global warming happens. Um, so TikTok. TikTok. Um, so uh, actually, that's an interesting question too. I wonder how. I want. That's a good question that I'm going to come up with right now for next week. How high would the water rise if every glacier on Earth melted? And would we still have Pringles? We definitely would still have Pringles. So I'm going to I'm going to make that promise right now. So uh, it's okay. So our prominence is four thousand seventeen meters. I then got an approximate uh, diameter of our cone. And I did that by looking at a map like the top, you know, the topography of uh, K2 basically and just measured. So it's about it's about two uh, two kilometers in diameter. So two thousand meters. So we're looking at a cone that's four thousand meters tall and two thousand meters wide. At the base. Okay. With you. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm a liar. It's 4,000 meters uh, at the base. Cause that's that was the, just, it was alternative truth. 2,000 oh. is the read is the radius. Um, 4,000 would be the diameter. So that's how wide it is at the bottom. So 4,000 tall, 4,000 wide. It's a cone. I then calculated the volume by using the volume of a cone. Um, so the volume of a cone is given by pi times the radius squared times the height divided by three. Um, and actually the way that we get those volume calculations is really interesting on its own as well. Um, we actually use calculus to do it, um, which is pretty sweet. So maybe I'll do like a, maybe we can do a really super nerdy episode on calculus. I'd be super into that. <laughs> calculus is like one of my favorite subjects. Um, and I will be drunk as can be. Dude, cal- okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Before we get it, listen, before we do Sorry. this Pringles thing, yeah, okay. Marie, I'm going to teach, we're going to teach calculus really quick. Super easy. Okay. Oh. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Calculus. Calculus. Literally. It was, it was pass or no pass. <laughs> credit, no credit. <laughs> Mar- do you know how many times? Really quick, quick thing. You know how many times I took calculus? How many times? Really? Four times. Wow. Yeah. You know who never got credit? Oh, man. Hey, you know what? It's all part of learning. All right, listen, listen. It it is why I am a humanities major. Listen, real talk right now. I almost failed calculus one and two as an undergrad because I was just garbage at it. I didn't understand it at all. And then when we got to like calculus, I guess what you would call calculus three, which is differential equations, it all made sense to me suddenly. And I just like fucking got it. Is I think that is because you may be smart. I know. I, I think no, honestly, I wonder if it's not. I wonder if it's not just that I took the class because it's basically the same material. If you take it enough times, eventually something will stick, I guess. Anyways, whatever. It doesn't matter. I look at I look back on it now, and I'm like, you know, the one thing I really would like to be really good at mathematics. It's fascinating to me now. You know, back not not so much, not so much. Right. But we're looking at Pringles. We're talking okay. about we're Pringles talking Pringles. Here, right. We we will we if if people want a calculus thing, we will do it. So the volume that we got from that calculation. So we just plugged in the radius was two thousand meters. The height was four thousand seventeen meters. The volume we get is 1.68 times 10 to the 10th power meters cubed, which is a lot, which is, which is a lot of volume. Okay. Oh, Andrew, why do you want, why do you want all this? Why do you want all this Pringles, man? Man, he's, he's, you know what? If listen, if Pringles wants to sponsor the show, 
uh, yeah. hit us up. I'm into that. So the 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 as next step. Us, yeah, so okay, once we, had, once we had the volume of Pringles, we needed or the volume of the mountain. We needed to get the weight of the mountain because we know how much weight of potato is in a can of Pringles, mm-hmm. right? So, um, K two is made of a rock type called uh, Nice G N E I S S, and so Nice has the density of a a density of about 2.6 to 2.9 grams per centimeters cubed. Okay. So we took 2.9, we converted it to grams per meters cubed. And then we, we basically took the volume, which is in meters cubed, multiplied it by the density, which is in grams divided by meters cubed, and then got grams at the end. How much grams, how many grams is the mountain and the mountain it comes down to is 107 trillion. It's, 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 it's a hundred. It's actually 400, uh, 48, um, trillion kilograms is how massive K2 is. And that comes down to 107 trillion pounds. <clears throat> and we, and so, um, so that's a lot. That's pretty heavy. And actually oh, Mount God. Everest, um, Mount Everest, someone else has done the calculation on Mount Everest. <coughs> Mount Everest is 357 trillion pounds. So, so we're at, we're in the same ballpark. So we're good. Our, our assumption seems to be okay. Okay. Um, okay. Whew, all so right. If you now take the weight of the giant potato of K2 and then you say, okay, so I have 107 trillion pounds of potato and I need 0.16 pounds of potato for a can of Pringles. Then you can mm-hmm. divide that 107 trillion into 0.16 pieces, you know, pieces of 0.16. Mm-hmm. And what you get is 671 trillion cans of Pringles. Mm-mm-mm. A lot. That would last. That would last like a, like two or three months. <laughs> a lot of Pringles. Actually, I just got kind of a, a funny question. Um, hold on. So what's the what's the height of a Pringles can? So the height of a Pringles can is ten point five like, inches. Yeah. Ten point yep. five inches. It's the diameter. So ten point five like, inches is um. That's like point two six six seven meters so like let's say point three meters that's you circling the earth with them what yeah I'm, w- I'm wondering how far uh-huh. we could get to the sun um well, so so, <laughs> so the distance okay the distance to the moon stairway to heaven with our pringles <laughs> so the distance to the moon uh-huh. is uh <laughs> is uh three hundred eighty four thousand four hundred and seventy two kilometers and so uh let's see we can do um that's a lot we can do that divided by 0.2667 oh come on in a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. 
We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on CannedAirPodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Because, you know, I just thought of another wrinkle. Are we making the we're making the assumption that K2 is solid potato and not a huge pile of potatoes? Okay, hold on. That's a good hold on. Mm. Hold on. Hold on. Mm. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. So we bring Pringles into it. It gets real for me so over here. To get to the moon, mm-hmm. we would need one, four. So one million four hundred and forty one thousand five hundred and ninety cans of Pringles stacked end to end. That. We got that right. We Shit, I yeah. mean, dude, we could go to the moon and back. Like I said, stairway. What's the distance to Mars? <laughs> How far could we get? Let's see. So Mars. We gotta, get, oh, we gotta get Robert Bigelow on the phone. So Mars is two hundred and twenty five million kilometers. Shit, dude, we could get to Mars. <laughs> Like, we can get to Mars and back. Get Pringles on the phone. You got sponsorship. This is dollars, people. We could get to... So we could actually... Yeah, we could go to Mars and back. um, (laughs) With our Pringles can. Let's see. But... So that would be... Let's see. That would be... uh, One, two, three. One, two, three. So that would be 843... 843 million cans of Pringles to get to Mars. Yeah. And yeah, we've got that in speeds. We could go back and forth to Mars a whole bunch of times. Anyways, Andrew, don't eat, don't eat that many Pringles, please. Andrew, my man. And let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about what's, what's going on with Andrew. Send us How's more. How's Andrew treating Andrew? Send us more. <laughs> All these lofty questions about Dude, things s- that are unattainable. Please, we I, we love the questions. Send us more mountain do. related or no, they're phenomenal. Yeah, um, we love the Pringles. Pringles stuff is that's good. a good one, and so that's the answer. So, um, so actually, Marie, your your point was kind of interesting. You hmm. said we're assuming that it's one giant potato, but what if it's not? What if it's a bunch of let's say? smaller potatoes like uh, Yukon size, which are three by two and have individual individual. Okay. This gets, volume. this gets into a whole, are you sure you mm. weren't good at calculus? This gets into a whole <sighs> other fucking problem. Now, if, okay, what you're, no, 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 wait, wait, no, oh, we're not going to try and solve that shit, man. Come on. No, I'm gonna go <laughs> I got my pencil. I've got my people pencil like, and my calculator. Like, hey, you know, what's really good radio math you're like okay <laughs> hold on we're gonna draw these potatoes everyone's like okay, okay. right we've already <laughs> lost it we've already lost them all now it's just for our entertainment oh yeah um, no we lost them at bobcat we lost, them, like, we lost them at bobcat i don't care about bobcat the uh okay. yeah no that's actually a good point as uh here's the here's my answer though here's my answer to that really quick <laughs> the smaller the potatoes get so that a potato is so small compared to the size of the mountain that mm-hmm. the distance between potatoes is probably negligible. Like if we stack them, think about this, think about this, right? Or actually, no, that's not true at all. I'm thinking mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of is, um, uh, it's called, vo- it's called void. It's called void fraction or void volume. It's like when you stack, uh, like if you stack like spheres together, you right? Have the spaces in between. Yeah. You got space in between. Um, the smaller that the spheres get, 
mm-hmm. the smaller that space becomes, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And the smaller mm-hmm. the fraction of that space compared to the total volume becomes. But anyways, mm-hmm. that's like, that's a whole other big ah! stupid thing. All oh, right. this is good shit. So we did Pringles. All Oof. right. What else we got on the docket here today? All right. I believe we had, yes. So we, have, we got two more topics. Okay. I think we should leave Oak Island for last because it's like super fun. Um, okay. okay. Oh, you just gave it away. Oh, shit. Marisa Reverend Tangent. What's no. Bigfoot. No, it's not about anything. Oak Island. It's not about anything. Bigfoot. Oak Island. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, okay. You didn't hear anything. Um, oh. Flat Earth. So we got another question from uh, another potatoes, uh, flat earth. Another great listener of the show. Um, he actually just started listening. So, um, so he actually reached out to us on Instagram. Um, Kudos. yeah, which is awesome. So his, uh, this is, uh, this is munch the crunch five, two, five. Um, so he said you like Pringles munch. So he said, why do you think the flat earth movement is growing? Especially among celebrities, for example, B.O.B., Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving, Tila Tequila. And where do you think this movement gained traction? So first off, let me just say Tila Tequila could be her own episode. Um, she like. Mm-hmm. So if, if you guys don't know who Tila Tequila is because you don't watch the kind of you know trashy TV that I do. Um, Tila Tequila uh, was a she was like famous for having face or MySpace friends. MySpace. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she was MySpace back. famous back when that was a thing. Um, and so she like started like kind of like, um, you know, she she kind of started like making music and like weird videos and stuff she and whatever. Was like a proto Kim Kardashian is how I like to look at her. Yeah. Right? yeah. She was like before before they really the machine really streamlined yeah being famous for being famous being absolutely nothing looked like yeah so she so she yeah i think that's like the perfect example on it or the perfect uh description honestly um so she ended up getting like the most notoriety i'd say for a show she had on um on vh1 called a uh a chance at love or a shot of love with Tila tequila or something, a shot at love. I think it was called. Um, wow. and on the show, get she, it? Cause it's tequila. Yeah. So on, on the show, um, she's bisexual and on the show, the whole gotcha. premise was that she was dating both dudes and chicks at the same time. That was the premise. And so she like, the whole thing was like, Oh my God, which one am I going to choose? Which like totally just, you know, um, belittles the <laughs> struggles that people, you know what I mean? Like sexual identity is a, yeah. is a hard thing to begin with. And then to have a TV show where it's like, you know, like it is just like a decision for some people. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was, it was uh, distasteful. Um, yeah, she's, she's just, uh, I don't know. I think, um, her and Rick Samtorm have a lot of similar <laughs> traits. And so, so she, uh, so she basically like over the past, I'd say Five years, maybe like five, six years. She's gone just completely off the fucking rails. What? Not even six Come years. On. Like, like even no, like, so, um, what? I, so, okay. Yeah. I think pillar of stability. So here's the thing. Here's the rationale. Thing. Here's the thing. Sorry. I, it's okay. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I like, I don't, I don't want to be belittling mental health at all. Right. If you feel like you need help, you should get help. And that's, help. there's absolutely no, uh, no shame in it at all. You know what I mean? 
totally Unless cool. you're perfectly healthy and you're doing it for notoriety and attention. In which case, you have a mental health disorder called uh, uh, Munchausen syndrome. Narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah, narcissistic. Yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep. yeah. Like, okay, we're just armchair psychologists at this point. <laughs> so, so here's this is the thing, right? Like, so I, I honestly think that Tila Tequila probably needs some like mental health counseling. Um, honestly, but so it started off with though, with her, like, um, she said that she was an alien, mm. an alien human hybrid with an angel. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, it was like a angel. The alien was actually an angel and she was the hybrid baby that they had with a human woman. And so she claims she has like telekinetic powers and stuff. Sort of like preacher, but without the the good plot. Yeah. So yeah. So and so she like claims that Hitler had the right idea with the Aryans and stuff, and that the you know um, that the there is this like grand Jewish conspiracy theory. Which, by the way, um, man, this is going to mm-hmm. open up a whole other can of worms, a whole other tangent for me. Sweet. I, a whole other can of people. I, I fucking hate. When people use the term like globalist conspiracy or whatever, because they're always missing that one operative word that they that is at the root of that whole idea. Right. And this isn't like I don't agree with this idea at all. Right. I just want to say that right now. Absolutely not. Um, but that the whole root of that idea of like a globalist conspiracy run by bankers is that they're actually Jewish bankers. Right. It's the same argument that the Nazis were making, but now people are like, no, but you know what? Like, like it's ridiculous. Like we, it's so fucking stupid and whatever there's, there's a whole series of episodes coming up on like the globalist conspiracy and the Denver airport, all that bullshit. But anyways, Whoa, 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 whoa. The Denver air. Have you been to the Denver airport? I have. It's a little weird. Have already, have already, have already gone into the Denver airport with you? <laughs> I think we've done this off air. I think we did this when we met. Oh, yeah, it's serious. Denver airport is. It, I'll tell you what. You know, I, it's creepy. It's it creepy. Is, it's it weird. It's weird. got some weird. It's got some weird choices. It's got some it's more choices. It's definitely strange, but I don't know. If it's got some more choices. But do I, I say? I do. I say. You know, New World Order airport. I, I don't. I, I, <laughs> I'm with you. I think when you start talking about New World Order, when you talk about a mass conspiracy that requires organization planning and cooperation yeah. on a huge level. That's just, just not going to happen. One, cause nobody can keep a secret. No. <laughs> ask, ask Sean Spicer how that's working. Yeah, seriously. And then two, like there's just nobody that's going to get along that well for any amount of money on that, yeah. on that like, without sort of, without some sort of turnover. Like as, so much, I, as, as much as I wish that the smoking man from the X-Files really existed, <sighs> Right. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, no, they just, just not that smart. We're just really not that smart. Yeah. Anyway. So until tequila now is kind of, so she kind of ebbs and she kind of ebbs come, come coming in and out of the public consciousness, I guess. But, uh, but she's always kind of there, like on mm-hmm. out there in the, in the ether. And so she recently came back to prominence cause she went to an alt-right event where they <laughs> hiled Trump, um, which is just fucking crazy. So, uh, so anyways, um, so yeah, so she's just kind of like, I think she personally probably needs some kind of help, but generally she's just sort of a distinct, like whatever, whatever form she's taken now is just distasteful regardless. Like, you know, um, anyway, so, um, 
Yeah. So anyways, so Tila Tequila is kind of an interesting case. I think, I think she is an unfortunate, um, I think maybe she's an unfortunate victim of, uh, of the people around her and people just not taking mm-hmm. care of her and really looking out for her better interests. So, um, so I actually, I actually find Tila Tequila to be pretty, you know, a pretty sad story, but anyways, um, get away from Flat that. Earth. Oh yeah. Get away from that. Uh, mm-hmm. downer. So, so we killed them with math and we killed them with downers. Yeah, this is rough. I know. Um, so the flat earth thing. So the question basically was, you know, why, like he, so he followed up and he said, why do people just like, do not like, not like, there's so much evidence for it. Like we've been to space and taken pictures of earth, right? Mm-hmm. You can look at, you can buy a telescope and look at the stars move. In a circular and see pattern. The apogee, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can, you know, and the argument people always make is, well, if I stand on a top, you know, one argument I always see online that's so silly is if I stand on the top of a tall building, I don't see the curvature of the earth. And it's like, well, the earth <laughs> is fucking massive, dude. Like you're not, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I don't know. Like it's, it's ridiculous. It's such a stupid come, thing. Come argument. down from that tall building and vote against your own best interest. I mean, it's like that call it a day. It's, yeah, it's Sorry. like you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've never seen an electron with my bare eyes. Right. Well, yeah, why do we no. believe in electrons then? I've never seen a germ. Yeah. You ever seen a germery? No. <laughs> like it's it's ridiculous. No. And so but, yeah. so here's Go the ahead. thing. We are going to do, and this is like the same cop out that we gave last time for the, uh, the, the, the hollow earth thing. Um, we're, Science. that is coming that no, although that was a bad, that was a bad answer. And I'm sorry for that bad answer. We will be doing, this is going to get wrapped in with a whole episode on, um, on like, you know, grand. I actually think I'm just going to do an episode called not spherical earths or something like weird shaped earths, the cubical earth or something. Um, but like this island. The, Yep. So the, the thing that's interesting is they come up. So um, a big part of, I don't, and I don't want to say that this is all of them because it's, it certainly isn't, but a big part of this flat earth thing comes from biblical fundamentalism mm-hmm. in the Bible. It says that the earth is the center of the universe <laughs> mm-hmm. and that works on a flat earth pretty easily. Right. Other stuff around. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of a, um, what's the word? It's kind of like a throwback to that idea. And so what they argue is that they have all these complicated arguments to try to explain like, okay, well we see, um, if so one, one version of this is that the earth is a flat plane and on top of it is like a dome. And on the hmm. dome are the stars and the planets and whatever. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah, so yeah, some this. people argue that the moon doesn't even exist. That actually like the hole in the, it's kind of like Kubrick. A, it was Kubrick. Dude, Kubrick well, directed the whole well, thing. Yeah. Right? So it, it kind of ties in with the moon landing thing. hoax too, that some people think like it's a very, it's a very, um, again, elder scrolls style kind of argument that, the hole in, in the, in the elder scrolls, they say that the, the, the sun is actually the hole in space that it connects the, uh, the, the immortal plane to the mortal plane. It connects a theorist to, uh, mm-hmm. to Mundus. But so this argument would be the hole in the, the hole in space is actually connecting heaven to earth. 
right? And so what's underneath the flat earth? Mm. Hell. <laughs> what's on top of the flat earth right past the thing? It's heaven, right? Um, I was going to say topsoil, but no. <laughs> no. So and no. I think it's really interesting. So, that, so they'll, they'll make arguments that like, like we, we see solar eclipses, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which is when, um, you know, or partial eclipses or whatever, we can actually see things moving in front of each other in space sometimes. Mm-hmm. How do we explain that if it's just a panel? <laughs> right? How do we explain it if it's just, if they're not actually spheres? Well, I, I also think, like, you don't even have to get sciencey for this. I think it's like people that have this mentality about it are just also, it is, it's almost an aberration of their own personality, right? In some ways, it's like you can't, there is nothing else beyond a surface or beyond, yeah, beyond an existence that is not affected by anything else or has no other, has no other relation to anything else in a lot of ways. I think it's, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it does tie back to mental health in a lot of ways. And that I think if, if you are afflicted with something like whatever that looks like, whatever form yeah, that takes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you will, you, it manifests itself in any kind of spiritual belief or any kind of belief in any, in any kind of physical realm too. Like it's not just, it probably doesn't just self-contain to, yeah. you know, a healthy dose of self-loathing or just not being able to, to manage to things. It's just that pervasive. And I think that's, yeah. what's, that's, what's so hard. It's like, and I think that that's that's also the interesting thing about like confirmation bias, and when you start to revalidate things that only tell your own narrative, yeah. when when is that like sort of a normal right? When is it a normal uh, process spectrum? versus yeah. yeah? And you're like, oh, I and, and it's and it's all, it's sort of self reflexive. Like you can stop and you can be like, oh, you know why? You know why I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? It's because of you know or whatever, whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is versus when there is nothing out there that is going to bring you back from being able to tell the difference. And I think that that's, I think that that's, I think people believe it because that's their reality to believe. And it's, it's not necessarily healthy and it's not necessarily, you know, um, a long-term thing that's going to, that's going to be good for anybody, but yeah. I, you know, I think that that's sort of more of a big picture thing. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to, and I don't want to make it sound either. Like, um, Oh, I, I just brought the room down y'all. No. Sorry. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. Oh, I, I mean, just brought the room. No, no, no. What I, what I want to say, what I want to say is like, um, like I don't want it. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, Marie, we've never discussed personal religious convictions or anything. You know what I mean? Really? We haven't really discussed that ever. Um, cause it's Reptile not like people. Reptile, yeah, me too. Reptile. Me too. So that's good. So we're on the same page with the Church of Reptile, uh, Reptile, uh, you know, Reptile God, but um, the Church of Reptar. Sulu, um, whatever Sulu. But uh, but Love you know, I think I think it's an interesting like I think it's you know not to take <laughs> not to take away not to take away from personal faith or conviction or whatever you know what I mean people that have that that's great I I hope it brings you comfort and joy and whatever you know what I mean whatever it does for you I hope it's something good you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, but I do think that there is something to that. This um, this idea of a fundamental belief, like fundamentalist style beliefs, mm-hmm. non kind of like I don't want to say irrational, but like uh, unscientific belief systems, non non um, like complicated. 
Yeah. Mm. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Non, um, examined, unexamined belief systems, right? Where you don't go back and reflexively look and say, is what I'm saying make sense? Is it cohesive within one story even? Right. Mm -hmm. Belief Mm -hmm. systems like that, I think, like you say, are definitely like more prone to having these kinds of jumps. You know what I mean? Kierkegaard called them, uh, Kierkegaard kind of coined the phrase leap of faith for that kind of stuff, right? The leap. Yeah. Um, which by the way, Soren, Soren is a badass kid's name. (laughs) Right. Soren Kierkegaard. Um, yeah, you know, it's not Tiberius, but it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. So anyways, um, so I think there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah. I also and think I, though, I agree with that. I agree I, with that. I also think though that part of the problem with like these, these uh, mm-hmm. popular scientific things is that how many people listening to this show know a scientist, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know scientists because I work with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know a lot of scientists, but like, my, so you don't even need to know a scientist. All you got to do is watch Mythbusters. Well, like, right? well, yeah, in a lot of respect, but, but still like, um, but I'm with you. a lot of the exposure people get to science is stuff like that. Like I think shows like Mythbusters and, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye, like yep. those are people I look up to that I want to emulate. Right. I would love to be the Bill Nye of whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know the Bill Nye of this generation or something, you know, putting on my, putting on my hopeful pants here, but like, you know, I would, I would love that. that Right. I would, I would totally love that. The problem I think though, is that that's usually people's only exposure to science. People don't know how science happens. People like, I think again, it's always sunny in Philadelphia explains this with such cutting perfect, you know, cutting perfection. And if, if anyone who even has any kind of like striking closeness to it's always sunny is listening to this show, I will. I mean, dude, get, come on. Good stuff. Get me, give me a contact. I would, I would be fucking over the moon with that. So like, so, um, that's what this all has been is a ploy to get to shake hands with Danny DeVito. That is, that is what this Charlie is. Day? Yeah. That is yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think it's awesome when Mac, Mac is like, they're talking about, uh, it's, it's in the episode, the serial defense Reynolds versus Reynolds. And he's, he's, they're arguing about natural selection and Mac's got this thing. And he's like, you know, uh, Galileo thought, you know, the earth was round and everyone, you know, everyone believed him or whatever, or no, he, uh, Oh my God. What is it? He's like, He's just showing these scientists, whatever. And he's like, you know, Newton, Isaac Newton, um, proved gravity and whatever. And everyone was so blown away by his scientists, you know, but he died from eating lead, making him and everyone else who looked like, looked at his work, a giant science bitch. You know, he's like, and he slaps the thing under this bitch, this sticker. It's, it's perfect. Cause it's true. And then afterwards, Dennis, Dennis is like, you know, come on, I'm not going to, you want us to not believe in natural selection, which by the way, could be its own episode and will be once Katie is manages to get my head around it. Um, he's like, you know, you expect us to just take the word of some guy who wrote this 4,000 years ago. Right. And he goes, Oh, you know, that's, that's an interesting point, Mr. Reynolds, you know, well, let me ask you those documents that prove to you that evolution is real. Have you read them yourself? And he's like, well, no, I haven't, I haven't read them. So he's like, well, so let me get this straight then. 
You're taking the words of someone else, words that you've never read and don't understand, on a on faith? And, and, and of course, everyone in the courtroom is courtroom. Everyone in their bar courtroom is like, oh, and they all are like, well, he, you know, he made you look like a science bitch. Like, it's, you know, it works. Um, yeah, like, oh so God. I think that's true. Like, a lot of people's only exposure to science is as this, like, almost faith based thing where mm-hmm. some guy in a lab coat tells you global warming is happening and then you're supposed to believe it. And no one teaches, you know, sci- people don't look at science as a thing that anyone could do or everyone could understand. Science is pretty yeah. like there's a lot of terminology and jargon and whatever, but at its baseline, it's pretty simple. It's pretty much this scientific, well, you know. Yeah, it's pretty much every time you wake up, go outside, do anything, exactly. you're going to do something. Yes. That is science. Every time there's a cause and effect in some way, it is science. It's you can science, you can test it, bitch. you know. Yep. So right, science, bitch. We've it's said science, bitch. bitch. Listen, we've said Sorry. bitch way like like yeah. the last like ten minutes. For, first off, uh, I like how the show devolved into us into me reenacting my favorite. It's always sunny episodes. <laughs> I like that. That's like like that's just what this has become now. Anyway, guys, here's the thing, you guys. You do have to download it. It's hysterical. It's phenomenal. Always sunny in Philadelphia. It's hysterical. Phenomenal. But I do think like when you get with that, the whole flat earth any kind of argument like that to your point it's you've got this weird mix of science and and faith and i i don't know what just because i'm not an incredibly religious or you know faith-based person i know people that have you know been relatively you know not entire life and then have all of a sudden found it and to me that's always a puzzle but you know again it's like something something turns on or cues in their life that they feel that this is what they need and this is the answers that's going to keep them and it's like i you know do i necessarily buy into you know they buried him and then he rolled the rock aside you know three days later i don't know you know i don't think so but at the same time i you know i I have trouble with it. I, to me, it reflects a lot of sort of the flat earth mentality, Yeah, but it's, it's like, it's, it's sort of that weird fine line. I think if you can't, if you feel, if you as an individual feel like I'm not doing harm to others and I am finding the best self within myself. Okay. Then I'm, then I'm cool with it. But as long as you're not waving around your fist and punching me in the nose with it, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, exactly. Where yeah. I go you that. can, right. You can, sh- you can shake your, you know, you can shake your fist around as long as you don't hit me. It don't hit yeah. me in the nose. That's yeah, all the it definition is. Right? Of rights. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like I always look at it as, that was kind of the part of, part of this whole show is that I find it very interesting when I meet there are some fields of science that don't amend themselves very well to being certain social religious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, it's totally true. Um, Around other people. <laughs> well, like I think well, that they're, they're not necessarily I amenable. I, I totally know you're teasing. Come on. He says, as he Skypes from a mountain abode where he's been alone for, <laughs> um, you know, I, I shuffle down the mountain to the Hannafords and I'm like, oh, give me milk. And then I run away. Um, Here's the thing that you guys can't see. He's surrounded by, by, um, oil paintings of raccoons. <laughs> oh, that oil painting is badass. All right. Anyways. 
So I think it's totally good for its own topic, honestly. But, um, but yeah, I think a big problem with it is that people don't have access to science and scientists. They don't know how it happens. And so to them, it seems like science is of the same kind uh, of, of process as a yes. religious yes. belief or a, but it's not a human. It, it doesn't come from human. Yeah. That, that never- religion, that, that mm-hmm. I don't want to say religion necessarily. That science is a belief system mm-hmm. where there is no logical, you know, at some point you have to take a leap to just believe but that's not what science right. is. It's built specifically to not have that. It's not just uh, like gravity. It's not just a good idea. <laughs> yeah. It's the law. <laughs> so. On to topic five. Five. Dude. Yeah. If we've got anybody left, like you were, you were at like 10,000 something. And now it's like 9,723. So I, so I, th- I think so far we've managed to annoy. 24. We've yeah. managed to annoy Pringle lovers. Hopefully. Religious fundamentalists. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bobcats. Anybody oh, yeah. Fuck those bobcats, <laughs> and people man. That, Fuck and, them. and people that don't like uh, math. So this is good. Yeah, this is this is good. This is good. Oh, and speaking of this, so just I want to give a shout out. Friend of the pod, Rob Christerson. Christofferson. Rob Christofferson. Yes, so he, absolutely. He pinged me the other day. He, pinged, uh, he, he texted me and he was like, okay, so, you know, just listen to, just listen to the podcast. And I just want to say, you know, so for somebody who's like, you know, mocking millennials and their, um, <laughs> and their depression, you know, and you've got, and it seems like you have a glass of wine in your hand the entire time. Just ha ha ha. And I was like, Rob, you know what? Okay. Hey, 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 hey. Like I said, no confirmation bias here, people. I step back. I take a, a long, hard look at myself. And I was like, you know what, Rob? Huh. I'm just kind of an asshole. And that's really what it comes down to. You got told. I am just. So hard. Oh, I Rob. am just. I know. Thanks, Rob. But I, it, it does. You know what? I, I wish I had more of an epiphany. I'm an asshole. Rob with the stinging rebuke. Oh, job. Rob, awesome. Et two, Rob. Et two. So Rob, so we et two, et two, Robus. Et two, Robus. So we we met Rob through uh, the Ark, right through Astonishing Research Corps. He's awesome. Um, He's he's totally a good podcast. Does his own stuff. Yeah, he's great. Do you? Uh, the Turnbuckle binge. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's also um, he's also a. He's also a writer on UFO stuff, which is really cool. Um, I'm actually going to be, I hope, providing a chapter or a, a chapter, like a little, a little story or whatever for a upcoming collection that he's making, which will be awesome. He's um, an aficionado, a UFO aficionado. Yeah, we need to make like an actual ad or like an actual plug for his show. <laughs> we should make a plug for his show. That's it. But I, I was like, okay, Rob, fine. Fine, Rob. Let me put down my glass of Chardonnay and kudos, Rob. <laughs> Slow clap, golf clap for Rob. Anyways, okay. So that was just my own, my own, uh, my own call out there. Um, what else we got? We got what is my final, the final diatribe of the night? We've, yeah. we've pissed off everyone. That we're into the, um, we're into like seven hours later. I'll tell you what we need to talk about. So as you know. 
I do have sort of a sick fetish with Oak Island and any kind of TV show about Oak Island. I was watching um, Curse of Oak Island on the History Channel the other night, and I got done with it. And it was one of their rehash shows where they kind of go back through the past season and they do like the light overview of like, this is how, you know, this is who found the island. These are all the digs. They went down 10 feet. Da, 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 da. And what started to bug me is I realized there's just nothing about the guys who actually found the original site like before anybody first, came in and trashed kids it. that like. Yes. Yeah. So back in 1790 something, um, you know, there's a couple different, like if, if you listen to all the podcasts on it, there's a few, there's a few different iterations of the story of how they found it. Either they were adventuring, you know, there's like three 16 year olds and it's very Huck Finn yeah. and Tom Sawyer. They're out adventuring on the Island and they find a tackle box and they want to dig. It's like very, um, very storied. And even, even, the what I would consider one of the more reliable, which is Astonishing Legends, came up with like, you know, they were up late at night and they looked over at Oak Island and there were there were lights and they wanted to know what the lights were. They saw lights in Oak Island and so they traveled across and you know and then they found the tackle box and started to dig. And again, it's like very storied. I just I cannot believe that there isn't more known about the original three and the fact that one of them actually knew what was there. Or actually has like more how, information on it. Yeah, like how, like how did he find there? it? Because it's not like again. I think if you're a 16 year old boy, which is basically a 16 year old man in the 1790s, you don't have a lot of free time. Yeah. To go dig in with your buddies, and this is this is on a different. Like, I'm leaving the family for exponential amount of time when I should be actually. Uh, Saving up for whatever, you know, whatever chores, whatever, whatever livelihood I'm bringing to the family. I'm going to go over here and dig some random fucking hole on some island. I just, as soon as I started to step back and look at it, none of that original premise makes any kind of sense. And that's just my, my other little diatribe about Oak Island. Cause I feel like I have to have one every, I don't feel like I have to have one every week. Every time I see something, it ends up about that damn show. And I'm like, God damn that Island. And here's why I'm mad. So I, but to get one, it's like, it's weird. It's like, you're, you're walking around an Island. You're yeah. walking around someplace. You're just exploring. You're just like, again, like your Huck Finn, you got your paintbrush. You're going to sucker some kids into painting a fence. You're going to, you know, row down on a raft, whatever it is. And you come across a depression in the ground and there's an Oak tree and there's a tackle box. And you naturally think, I think I'm going to start to dig. Mm. Does so, that make sense? Okay. So here's the thing, right? So I, I think, yes. I think astonishing legends, like you said, did like the definitive Oak Island podcast series. Like I've never heard a better one. Oh. Um, and it, and it is like a really interesting, so I didn't, uh, uh, but I also think that it is very, I think in many ways related to another great series that they did, which was mm -hmm. the Knights of the golden circle. series. Oh. My favorite, yes. It's my favorite Agreed. too. Is my favorite Agreed. hands down. Like that one had me Agreed. totally engrossed. And like I don't know if maybe because now we like help them do research. Like like it's it's taken a different like it's totally different now listening to their to the mm -hmm. episodes because mm -hmm. like I know how the research. You know what I mean? Like it's different being like kind of a even just a small part of something and seeing how it's made a little bit and whatever. Um, but like in that in that series, the Knights of the so. <sighs> We, I mean, oh, you gotta listen. You've gotta listen to these series. The Knights of the Golden Circle one is basically 
the search for the lost Confederate gold. And so this guy claimed Insane. this guy claimed that his grandfather had given him these like a, like training almost in like how to find mm-hmm. hidden caches of gold. And so basically he was like, you know, if you uh, the one that always struck me as interesting was it's because it, it's almost like tracking in the woods, like people that can pick up a game trail or something. Right. I'm always fascinated by that. Like they see, um, you know, like berries out of place or something or like a twig broken in a weird way. And they're like, oh, an animal must have come through. You went that way. Yeah. And I'm always like, what the what the fuck are they talking about? I'm like, yeah, I don't see anything. You know what I mean? All looks like leaves and dirt to me. Um, you know, it's like it's it's, it's a I think I think it, so I think it's it's like a skill set like that. Like this guy said his grandpa taught his grandpa taught him, which is being able to tell um like suspicious markings or like the ways that a person would show you where something is buried or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, so I, so I, I always thought of it mm-hmm. when I, cause that, mm-hmm. that series came mm-hmm. out after mm-hmm. the series. Knights of the Golden, on, Circle. Knights of the Golden yeah. Circle. In the Knights of the Golden Circle, when they said that one of the telltale things that people used to do to hide treasure was to lay a plumb line uh, down from a tree branch. So for those for those that don't know what a plumb line mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. it's basically like a string with a weight on it that falls down and it points to where the treasure is hidden or something, right? And so they would put it up in the tree in a place that you wouldn't. And so actually, this is pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. person, I'm not going to say who because he's still mm-hmm. in the family, mm-hmm. but one of our relations <laughs> in, in our family um, the Cogswell family, not not mine and Chris. <laughs> no, no, in our in our family, um, used to put caches of gold and silver in the woods by my house. What? Because he was totally convinced that the government was going to come. For well, that's day. true. They, it is. They you should you should have <laughs> Which, taken some way, better notes, man. But you should have um, taken some better but notes. I'm still yes. far, like I'm still going out there. Like like it's all gone now. He's moved away. But like, I still go out there and find his like fucking traps and shit that he laid. Okay. So I don't doubt, I don't doubt that that is a set of knowledge that you could get. You could. But why did this 16 year old boy have it? Is what you're saying. It's very, it's a very particular skill set. And I don't know. I think the thing that kind of opened up to me is like, I don't know anything about Dennis McGinnis. I don't know. I don't know what his family did. I don't know yeah. how long his family was. I don't know but you kind know of what, what, you know what, what relation he was to the island. I wonder, though, like, it's funny. You say, do 16 year old boys have time to dig? Uh, they dug for quite some time. They did. But I'm actually thinking of like times where. As a kid, I used to do stupid shit like that all the time. I'm thinking of that yes. episode of the Simpsons where Bart is out in the backyard digging and Homer's like, you know, they're like, what, what are you doing? He's like digging. Like, why? I don't know. He's digging second, a hole. He's second, just digging. Second a- Simpsons. Uh, yeah. Just, second yes. one this episode. Second time. He's just like, no, and I agree, but you're also a 20th century. You're like a 20th century kid, right? Yeah. But when did Oak Island happen? You said 17, 1790. I'm saying if you're a 16 year old in 1790, I, I, and again, got to do a little bit more research, but I, I draw a distinct difference between I'm going to go and I'm going to, and again, like I, how much of that Island would you have to be 
just be like whistling Dixie across and all of a sudden decide to dig in this one place. See, see, I, again, maybe I'm making an assumption. I'm making an assumption that maybe they dug a bunch of places and maybe treasure was the idea of treasure and pirates. See, were in that, see so that's, that's another point that I was going to make though, is that like, I wonder if I say that that whole narrative is fake. You're saying that the narrative of them looking for treasure was fake. I'm saying, yes, but the, that, that they just happenstanced across it, that they saw this plum on the tree See, and they okay. saw. See, I don't know if uh, I, I don't, circul- I don't know. Huck, that like I should dig. And they dug. Mm, no, that was something. It was it, one of them knew something else about that. And that's what started mm, this whole see, thing. I, so I don't know. It's I not like they dug a bunch of places. That's part of the story. I don't know. And if, the story is not the same thing anywhere either. I don't know if I think that they were just like, I think they were looking for treasure because they had been told that treasure was on that island by family and friends or whatever. And so they were looking was like, it like I don't know that part of the story. It's like was it were you know was it was it wasn't it like a war? Well, wasn't it like a well known pirate cove though? I'm like, sure. like I thought, and oh, that's the thing yeah, too. Like I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking too. Like, how precise do you have to be to do that though? That's the other thing. It's like again, I, I'm taking into account a whole huge amount of assumptions. There's a depression in the ground and something hanging from a tree. Right. I think you've just described maybe on something that is 0.217 square foot, which is the island size, you just described a lot of different weird-ass scenarios, right? Like, I could come to a rock with a cross that has an X. I'm going to dig here. So it's it's like, it's very, it, it's this huge specificity that if you if you t- took it out of, like, take take away any kind of narrative around it and be like, three teenagers in 17... 17- 90 just kind of just brass tacks about it did this one thing and it got it was a hundred percent right on and they dug and they found something wouldn't you saft it wouldn't couldn't you extrapolate from that one of them one of those three had some knowledge beforehand isn't that a reasonable expectation knowledge beforehand that's all i'm saying that's all i'm throwing out to my people Ten thousand plus downloads niche market <laughs> Treasure. I think hashtag I, yeah. trending. No, so I'm just saying, like, they have all these stories again, like these very general stories about how they found it. I've gone back, I've looked at it, like even with this, everybody sort of skips that part and just jumps into the fact that then they dug, they dug, they dug, and they something. found. Yes, and then they found this, and then they found that, and then yeah, I, won- it was, I wonder, I wonder if it wasn't like a local legend passed down, or like an uncle or a family member told them, you know, hey, like. You know, I had been told as a kid that there was treasure there and you got to look for this thing. And then they went on and looked, you know, but I'm also I'm also thinking, though, because I think I think you're totally bringing up a valid point. I'm also, though, thinking we should look into that more for sure. I think that should be something we just look into whatever is a team. But um, and we'll tell we'll tell Scott and Forrest when we find something. And but, they'll be like, God damn it. We, put that <laughs> we, need, we need another Oak Island episode. Go research electric bug. Right. Um, so. The thing, uh, the thing that I'm thinking though is almost the, um, almost the. Uh, it's not called the gambler's fallacy, but it's like um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the like, you know. Uh, I guess the best way to describe it is there was a, there was a, 
there was a really good skit by Darren Brown on UK television where, um, and he's a skit. It's like a whole series and he's like, um, he's like an illusionist. He's, he's badass. You should everyone look him up on YouTube. He's the fucking man. And so his whole thing was, um, he did this show where he picked one person out of a group of 50 people to teach them how to bet on horses. And every, every week they won until yes. the last one where they won like a million dollars or something. Right. And the, the trick was he actually picked all of them and then only showed the one that won the whole time. He only, you right. So, exactly. so, the, yeah. so it's, yeah. So I wonder if it's not like a lot of kids, a lot of kids in the 18th century were looking for treasure because that was a common myth for them to have. And these kids happened to find something interesting. Talk that shit up. But then again, no one's found shit, though. But there's the thing. No one's found shit yet anyways. So they didn't find treasure. They found a hole. (laughs) (laughs) Or they say they found a hole. But my thing, too, is it's like was like we assume now that that was common, but was it? I mean, like you yeah, have some maybe retelling of like, Hey, it was really common to be told this, but, but I guess, I don't know if it but was. I guess, like, I guess I'm thinking should, too, like, yeah. I guess I'm thinking like nowadays, nowadays, a lot of kids are hearing about Bigfoot. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. one day, cause he's awesome. And maybe That's- one day a group of kids will find Bigfoot. Right. They'll go out into the woods and find a den or something. They'll and knock in, on trees. They'll stare at a stump. And in a hundred years, someone will be doing a Uber podcast or something, some super techno podcast. And they'll be asking, For how did takes. they find Bigfoot? Right? <laughs> like, did they have foreknowledge? See, that's, yeah, that's the thing. That's the, but the more I think about it, the more I, I'm like, I'm not trying to wait it to your, the gambler's yeah. fallacy. Like, are we self-select? Is it naturally self-selecting? End of story. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyways, that's something we'll look into more. Um, Just saying. That's, or somebody knows more about about Dennis McGinnis yeah, and has actually history. I can you know set my shit straight. Yeah. I don't have a problem. Just ask Rob Chris uh, Christopherson. <laughs> you just can call me on my drinking of my shard anytime <laughs> you like. Anyways, well, that's it for this extra long episode. Um, we made this one extra long to celebrate ten thousand downloads and also to ten thousand plus bitches. Ten thousand plus, Woo! and to say thank you to everyone who's listened so far. Um, thank you very much. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, under the mad scientist podcast, um, another episode is coming out shortly on the more traditional scientific side of things. And then we'll come back with another round table. And so we're going to try to stick to that, um, schedule pretty well where it's, I think maybe we should adopt like a, maybe we should do three a month where it's one full and then two round tables a month or something, or we can like mix and match it as the months go on. I don't really know yet what the perfect plan is for that. Um, we also wanted to give a shout out to, uh, Tess, Tess Feifel, who is phenomenal. She is the five. Yeah. So Tess is the, um, Tess is one of the, also the members of the arc. She's the original member of the arc. Um, she is the arc practically she is, um, She's the rock. Yeah. She is like the rock of astonishing legends. Um, she is the unheard voice in that, in that podcast. Um, she's phenomenal. And so we just wanted to give her a shout out and say thank you, Tess, for all of the support. 
Um, we love you, Tess. We love you, Tess. We also want to give a shout out though to um, the really, really good um, Nightmare on Fear Street podcast, which you can find at their website. So um, they're available on iTunes as well um, as Nightmare on Fear Street by the Ghoulish Fancies. That's on iTunes. <laughs> and so recently, I recorded an episode with them, uh, their fifth episode, which was on the science of goosebumps which is really cool. Um, they're also on uh, player FM. Um, and on ghoulish fancies.com. So that's G H O U L I S H dash fancies, F A N C I E S.com. Um, they're really great. And I totally suggest you give them a listen. Um, best name ever. It's a really good name. Like in the, in the, in the car, we are today, the coolest fancy. in the car today, I was thinking that a really sweet name for a band would be a man called cold. Right. Like, That's, yeah. Fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. But I think maybe uh-huh. somebody wrote a song like that. So I'm just like stealing it anyways. Um, thank you again for listening to us, for putting us with us for over two hours at this point. Um, yeah. I uh, hope we, you had Pringles with you. I hope you had a giant K2 mountain size of Pringles. Um, thank you again so much for listening. I am Chris Cogswell. This is Marie Mayhew. And thank you. Thank you again. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, Each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.